Hello and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you. As a reminder, you can watch this entire show along with all the visuals that go with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. That's youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We record two shows a week on Tuesdays and Fridays, release them on YouTube, and then combine them into this audio podcast once a week for your listening enjoyment. We hope you enjoy it. If you do like the show, consider leaving us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast app. It helps us out tremendously. And as a final reminder, you can find all of our Vegas content that's posts, podcasts, and videos at mtmvegas.com. Thanks again for listening. Let's hit it. So Mark, did you see that video shared on Twitter? 1993, driving down I-15, Luxor under construction, your beloved pyramid that you're going to stay in hopefully later this year. Really cool to see this thing under construction and always nice to see vintage Vegas videos surface. Yeah, I I feel like last week the comments were more positive than negative. It was definitely split, but I think it leaned more positive. So I think we're going ahead with Operation Pyramid. You know, the thing that blows my mind is how bad video was back then and how much better just our phones are. And, And if you told somebody in 93, like... Hey, pretty soon you'll have a camera that's like 100 times better than this in your pocket. But it reminds me a lot of like watching the sphere get built as we've shown on the, the channel and, and have it grow up. But it's crazy to see how vacant Vegas was even back just in the 90s, which doesn't feel that long ago. One other thing you can see in this video is that some things never change on I-15. You see construction cones everywhere. Big news came this week. Durango, the newest casino, the next casino to open Las Vegas. This is off Durango in the 215 in the Southwest. It is opening on November 20th, a very specific date because it is right after the Formula One race on November 18th. So clearly they want to get the the media coverage out for Formula One, bring in their media coverage. Lorenzo Fertitta said basically everything's going to be open. They don't half open their properties or open them in stages, maybe taking a shot at, I don't know, some other casinos that opened a little early. Yeah, I noticed that shade. And we're going to talk later about the most shade ever in Vegas history, (laughs) pretty much. But yeah, I noticed that that was kind of funny. Like I know Circa opened, you know, partially, but that was during COVID. So I think that they got kind of a pass there. But I, I do think it's a little bit strange. You know, you think you'd still I know you want the headlines, but you think you'd still want the Formula One prices to kick off your opening and, uh, you know, load up that hotel and, and get the overflow from people. But you know, I, that's the way they want to go. So I get it. They probably don't need the money right off the bat. But I would have if it was me, wouldn't you try to open like a week or two before the races and then be like, hey, we're open for booking thousand bucks a night or whatever. I would do a soft opening for Formula One in the week before and then do your grand opening on the 20th so that you get all the media coverage for that. But I think that's clearly what it is. They don't want to be overshadowed by the Formula One race. But this isn't a surprise. I mean, this has been like not a dramatic project at all. They finally announced it. I mean, I guess I should say that, but they announced this project 10, 12, 13 years ago. It fell through, announced it again, fell through. And then finally, since they've broken ground and started this, it's been uh, all according to schedule. So it's good to see that (laughs) all this uh, time. The other thing that came out in Fertitta's uh, call is that Inspirata is still moving forward and they're working on that. And Durango's phase two will depend on financial conditions, although they have that drawn up as well. All I'm getting from this is Allnet Arena still has hope based off of this. Yeah, I guess uh, (laughs) We're still holding out, uh, still holding out hope for all net because I mean, we're the only ones doing that. Nobody else thinks that this is going to happen. So somebody has got to stand up for this beautiful project. Yeah. I mean, it looks epic if they can just find like $47 billion or whatever they need to build it. (laughs) So more leaks are coming from Fountain Blue. Now, this company hasn't done a great job on social media of really promoting, building up the hype. I feel like uh, there's a few social media accounts that are helping them out tremendously with these leaks and us too, but we're getting another look inside. (laughs) First, yeah, quote unquote leaks. Who knows where they come from? 
Uh, we had those carpet leaks that came directly to us, but this is Las Vegas locally looking inside the theater. And then there's another shot inside the building uh, shared by somebody else. So it still looks attractive. And the more pictures we see, the more we're kind of seeing this vision come together. Very, very close to the concept art, I think. Yeah, it looks good. It, it just looks further off than I would have expected. You know, they were shooting for December. And we've heard anecdotally from the, the cab driver and stuff that the people are saying it's never going to get done. And this kind of leads me to believe that it's not going to get done this year, maybe early next year. And I know, you know, finishing touches can come together pretty quickly, but it looks pretty bare unless they're going to open and take that shade hit and open in stages. You know, the theater looks very far away. Uh, so I don't think that that's going to be open by December. Yeah, that theater does look very sort of sparse and empty. Maybe that's what Fertitta was uh, alluding to in his comment, knowing that Fountain Blue is not going to all open at once. CES, of course, is in early January, and you would expect that that's sort of the date that they're looking to meet. They probably want to be open by CES, given that it's a convention hotel right there, but uh, we still don't know. But yeah, you're right. I hadn't thought much about it, but that theater does look very, very far uh, from being done. They got to make it perfect for Chris Angel. He's coming. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's big and empty right now, so I think it already <laughs> might be perfect. Oh, uh, Sean. <laughs> all right. So, uh, I don't know. A while back earlier in the summer, we talked about the Stranger Things pop-up store. We haven't covered, I don't think, since it opened. It opened, I don't know, a month or two ago and finally saw some looks inside of it. This looks really neat. It's at the Showcase Mall on the South Strip. They have uh, recreations of scenes from the movies, all kinds of stuff. They've done this in a few cities. It's kind of a pop-up store. All they say is that it's going to last through 2024, so we don't know exactly when it's going to close. But this place looks really cool and high quality considering it's a temporary venue. It looks really cool, you know, and all immersive like we've talked about Vegas going to. And it looks like it could fit right in at Area 15. I kind of expected it before I saw where it was placed that it would be there. I was thinking, when's the last time I've been in the Showcase Mall? It's been forever. There's nothing really to draw you in. So that's a big get for them, I think. You know, the, the final season's coming up. A lot of fans I think it'll be popular and, and kind of get people into that area when it's overlooked at this point. Why are you dissing M&Ms and Coca-Cola? Come on. I mean, uh, <laughs> those are reasons to go in there. I mean, the, the thing is, those stores have been there forever, right? And so, yeah, it's good to, to get once stuff you do it new once, in there. You're done. You yeah. could also go to Ross. You know, Ross is also in the basement down there at Showcase Mall. So go pick up a, a, another shirt. I know this is really good to see. I have a confession. I have not watched Stranger Things at all. I plan to. Now that we're going into the final season, I'll probably binge it. But I'm all 80s and nostalgia, and I have not watched this show. But I can't wait to do it when I can kind of binge it, and I'll uh, get to that soon. Yeah, it reminds you of the days where you could just ride bikes around to your friend's house in the neighborhood, and nobody worried about you or arrested parents for allowing it to happen. So it's it definitely a more instant time, so it's a good throwback. Great show. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the final season. So Casino Royale may finally be going away. And we talked about this, right? They filed with the FAA to get an approval to build, what, a 690-foot tower, I believe. And that's been approved. According to Vital Vegas, he found the document where the FAA approved this. Uh, we talked previously on a show that the Outback Steakhouse had been given notice that they have to get out. I think it was within 90 days. So it seems like things are moving forward. We don't know any details other than the height of this. We don't know what brand they're doing. We don't know the concept. But this is a gaming license on the Las Vegas Strip. So now with approval, we may start seeing things announced. We may start seeing them move towards closure. My guess is that probably by the end of the year, Casino Royale goes away. But of course, in Vegas, everything's fluid. Anything could fall apart at any time. But uh, this is another step and good to see. I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, the really interesting thing I thought was they weren't taking any reservations for F1, which you think that once again, we talked about opening with a bang. You think you'd want to close and take that money grab if you could. So I wonder if that, you know, the closure is coming sooner than expected. 
that kind of blew my mind. At least maybe the hotel section starts to get demolished a little bit sooner than we would have thought. And the casino stays open. Uh, you know, I don't know how that's going to play out, but I thought that was really strange. If you're going to close at the end of the year, wouldn't you push to get, you know, you know primetime uh, spot for the race and everything? Grab what you could. I mean, I'm kind of surprised there. I am too, just given the location. So as you say, it's probably because they're closing. I wish we would know more. They should give us some something to hype it up, but hopefully they'll start going to the approval process. You know, they got to go to the county. They got to do all of that. So that maybe we'll learn some more. You know, we've talked about it kind of sucks to lose some of those smaller casinos on the strip, more intimate, you know, better values, things like that. But it's an interesting piece of land right next to Venetian. And I'm really interested, given the height of that tower, what they could possibly build there. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see. And I, like I said before, I hope they incorporate Casino Royale some way. Like, you know, Link brought in O'Shea's and, and had a little section. Just put a little section that has something cheap or fun uh, to, to keep that going, even if you don't really want to be, you know, if you're going for more luxury, you don't want to be tied to it so much. But I think it could still play a role there and people will stop in just for nostalgia's sake and, and want to see what the new the new spot looks like. So Jacob, uh, Jacob's life in Vegas, he shared on Twitter that rates are $4.99 a night at Circus Circus for Formula One. And is that the bottom line? I, do you think that's too much? Now we, we've seen those crazy prices at the more expensive hotels, $500. I just don't see... The person who's going to spend, you know, $2,000 on a Formula One ticket spending $500 a night to stay at Circus Circus. I think that's the disconnect. So maybe that's why their rates are lower because, you know, nobody wants to stay there. I don't know. But I guess that makes it more affordable. You can get at least $500 a night. Some weekends in Vegas outside of Formula One, prices are like that same level. Yeah, I I still can't bring myself to pay $500 to stay there. (laughs) I don't care what's going on. (laughs) Nobody can just do it, right? Circus Circus has that maximum that they can charge before people start really hating themselves uh, for for what they did. <laughs> We've talked about how Cosmo is now being connected to Vidara and Bellagio. And there was a walkway that existed. It was very industrial before. And we shared concept art previously of what it was going to look like. Well, now the walkway between Vidara and Bellagio has reopened. It looks much better than it did before. The Cosmo walkway is still under construction, so that's not open yet. That will connect into this, but very much enclosed before it was kind of open air. Nice glass, looks really nice, and a big improvement. And once Cosmo opens, it'll be a really nice way to join all these properties together. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the nicest walkways I've ever seen to get from one place to another. You know, the design's beautiful, glass everywhere. You don't have to go outside, so you're not getting hot in the summer, all that. And then once they open up the Cosmo one, I think that that kind of positions Vidara in a great place spot for anybody that wants to not be in a casino hotel, not be in the hustle bustle, but still wants easy access to two of the better ones. Uh, You know, you can stay there, get out of it and, and still go when you're ready, go down there pretty easily and, and get, get to where you need to go. So I think this is a good move by MGM. And, you know, I assume the uh, walkway to Cosmo is going to look just as awesome. Yeah, this is a good reminder of how good of a location Vidara has. With these walkways now, you walk across the driveway to Aria, you're right there at their casino. You know, you walk across to Bellagio, you're right there. And then you'll be able to go to Cosmo all within a minute or two or a few minutes of walking. So it really puts you in the heart of all three of those properties. And uh, it's obviously very nice. The rooms at Vidara, need a little bit of updating they're certainly dated but also very nice great bellagio fountain views too if you can get them there so yeah good to see that and i can't wait to see that cosmo bridge open further integration into mgm as we see them moving into mgm rewards next year cosmo in a few years we'll just always see it as an mgm property whereas i feel like we still sort of see it as separate 
in our minds a little bit, but it's not. Those are the three best properties at MGM. I think everybody would rank those three in some, you know, one, two, three, and they could jumble it around a little bit. Uh, Cosmo, I think, would be number one for most, but the next two, you kind of go in this kind of positions that is like the spoke to that wheel and connects you to everything where you could be kind of like staying in, in those three hotels at a fraction of the cost. Uh, so that's a, that's a neat little, you know, kind of a hidden gem, maybe a little bit. All right, Mark, is this a thing? So I'm going through YouTube shorts the other day, and this pops up people sleeping in their van in Vegas casino parking lots. So I've heard of obviously you have RV parks, and you have people that sleep in Walmart parking lots and something like that. But this video was we're at Mirage, we paid $30 to park in their parking garage. And now we're going to sleep in our van there a way to I guess save on the hotel. And I guess I had just never thought of it or seen it. But do a lot of people do this? I wonder if people out there know. But I guess uh, you pay the overnight parking fee and at Mirage, they just left them alone to sleep in their van. Hopefully they were there when the floods came through. So the van was down by the <laughs> river. <laughs> Chris Farley joked there. Uh, but no, yeah, I have a friend that actually did this for they built the van. They they re, you know, constructed bought one of those like econo line vans or whatever and uh, rehabbed it all and, and went on the road for like six, eight months and just kind of lived out of the van, worked remote. So I think it is a big movement. And you see that some people rent like RVs. I had a buddy uh, rent an RV and take it to Vegas and park in a parking lot just like that. And they stayed in the RV to save some money and then went out to California after that. So I think it's been around. It's just, it's becoming more popular. And if you have it, why wouldn't you go and save, you know, 30 bucks is way cheaper than anything, especially on the weekend that you're going to get in Vegas. It's just a question of how safe do you feel? If you find the right spot, I think you'll be fine. It, you know, don't do street parking. I would say uh, not in Vegas. I wouldn't. Yeah. This van is all blacked out on the windows. So you can't see in it. And they were in the Mirage oversized parking lot. So I imagine that was pretty safe. So it's interesting. I just don't know how many people are doing it. I've obviously seen the van life stuff uh, elsewhere, but there you go. There's a tip. And then if you do status matches and figure out free parking, then you don't even have to pay the 30 bucks. You can just like hop casino to casino and live in their parking lots. And I guess as long as you vary between enough casinos, they probably won't figure out uh, who you are. Uh, you know, they just won't get recognize the, you. the Nevada license plate and then you can park at the Strat forever. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, so our final story is the strangest story that maybe we've covered on all of these years of doing MTM Vegas, and that was a fight that happened at the Wynn nightclub, and apparently this high roller guest or this whale gets in a fight with a manager there, so he goes across the street to Resorts World, pays them a bunch of money, and then they start going to work on the screen on the side of the Resorts World building, and I'll let you take it from there. Basically, they're putting messages out there to troll the guy who works at Wynn. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's kind of funny. Like my first thing was like, oh, wow, Resorts World's really getting into this, showing their feisty side and willing to fight for the business. And then you come to find that the guy threatened the wind executives family and stuff and just seems like a terrible guy. And now it looks like a money grab. The second one, like the first one. OK, I could see you playing it up and, and trying to, you know, draw attention to your property and say, hey, whales, look at what we can do for you, like these crazy things that others wouldn't do. But then the second one, when you call the guy by name and, and you find out it was because he spent 50K at like a, a nightclub or something, it just seems super cheap and, and low, low rent. And it makes you not want if you were a whale, you wouldn't want to go there because it just seems like catty and unprofessional. I, I don't know. It's it's really bizarre. I think 
the worst looker, the guy that work, looks the worst is the Ben guy, and then Resorts World, and then Win, because you know they walked away from big money and and held their ground. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, there's so much here. So the first one said Ben's house, right? So Ben is the customer. He goes to Resorts World. They put Ben's house up on the screen. Okay, you know, I thought that was there yeah. rubbing it in. Yeah, it's all it's all good. And then the next one, food stamps for Nico, who I'm assuming is the Win employee. And now it kind of gets nasty. And it's a question of like, where is the hierarchy of how you get something up on the screen? We saw at Circa when Circa opened, right? They have those signs that they'll bring out and you can get custom signs made. And I believe we saw somebody with a 69 sign uh, made and, you know, you can do that. So I wonder, like, who is the person in charge of deciding what goes on the screen? And perhaps Resorts World needs to have a little bit more control over that. Because as funny as this is, as you said, it actually was serious. Uh, According to Vital Vegas, Metro was involved. But this was a really nasty thing. And while that first message seemed a little playful, it clearly got mean. And Resorts World really doesn't need to be participating in this with their screen. So I have to think management isn't happy about this, whoever approved those messages. Whoever the host was that is making the money off this guy is the one that approved (laughs) it, I'm sure. But like the saltiness level is at an all-time high. And I kind of enjoy it, but I also feel cringeworthy about it. So it's a weird spot. Like you don't know how to react to this. I think Wynn's the only one that comes out looking good like i said they stood their ground and they're like you know what we don't need your money which is a rarity these days to see any business walk away from somebody that's spending you know a couple hundred thousand dollars in a night that's kind of crazy it absolutely is and it's just a weird story a lot of bad blood there and using technology to the worst now of course somebody has to up their game and get the sphere to start putting up hateful messages and trolling people because that's the The next level of all of this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I would love it if Wynn put something on the sphere that would be like hilarious. So, Mark, did you see that video of the $500 fried food boat at Wet Republic at MGM Grand? Uh, there's some sushi there, too, but I don't think that was included in the $500. At first, I was like, oh, this looks like a good deal for Vegas, for a club. But I guess it's probably not that much money worth of food all fried. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean it's probably like three sampler platters from Chili's just thrown into a boat. <laughs> kind of is what it looks like. So not Pretty a ton. Much. I mean, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. if you want to have like a, a bragworthy, you know, fatty food dinner, there you go, or lunch. Uh, but I couldn't imagine like after s- sucking down all that grease and then getting in the pool and stuff. Oh, man. I hope you have a lot of people to eat all that stuff. But it, it was pretty cool. At least it's in a boat, something unique, something different. Yeah, I wonder how much that sushi costs because that had to be significantly more. But that boat is cool and the whole thing just looks like a lot of fun. What if somebody takes it and like puts it in the pool and then floats with it and eats it? Is that what it's made for? That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Towards the sphere opening, U2 dates coming soon. But we still don't know who's going to be the next big performer there. We know they're going to have the in-house movie. We've seen the show on the outside. Uh, rumors, they're going to go for the Eagles for their next big thing. So U2 and then the Eagles. And it seems like James Dolan has a very interesting age demographic he's going for. Yeah, it seems like he's going after everybody that he grew up listening to, I guess. I don't know, but... You know, I don't know if they're going for people with deeper pockets. And I'm really curious to see, did they have to give like so much of the the gate and the tickets to Eagles to get them to be the second one? Because they gave up so much to get you two in there. And it just seems, you know, you have this state of the art, you know, facility. I know everybody has to create their unique show, but you think you'd be getting bigger names than bands from, you know, 20, 30 years ago that were huge back then. I know you two is still big, but 
you know, it just doesn't feel what you expect uh, for something like this at launch. If you need to sell expensive tickets, who do you need to target to go buy those tickets? And that's old people who have the money. So I think that's where they're uh, where they're going with this. I don't know. The Eagles are supposed to be on their farewell tour. So we don't know if they're going to extend it with a residency here. I'm a little surprised we don't have more contemporary artists, at least rumored or some more information about who might come. You would think that we would start getting some information soon. And I definitely want to see more contemporary acts. But I think the Eagles are pretty cool. And some of that old rock, that could make for a really neat show inside the dome i don't know if you have to go like super old to sell tickets look at blink 182 how much are they getting tickets in that the the big concert that's coming to vegas like three four hundred dollars a person so i think you could still tap into like the 90s early 2000 type bands and and get high ticket prices for those but yeah you'd you'd like to see something more you know modern you know mix it up a little bit versus all throwback uh, band type of thing, but we'll have to see how it plays out. I think, you know, what happens with U2 is going to be really big. If people are sharing videos from that and saying how great the show was and how immersive the screens are and everything, I think that will draw people in. But, you know, maybe it's just a wait and see for a lot of these artists. Las Vegas locally had another leaked video inside, and this time there was actually, you know, graphics on display in there. And unfortunately, I didn't save the video. He took it down. Unfortunately, we don't get to see that. There is a screenshot that was saved in Slack of it. So there we go. I'll put that up on the screen for you. But more leaks coming. That screen inside looks great. And I just can't wait to hear more about other artists coming. But Eagles, uh, let us know down in the comments if you're excited for the Eagles. Because we have a lot of older viewers. So I imagine a lot of them would probably be excited for that. So I'm interested to hear about it. So Mark Meltzer shared this information. We've talked on the show before about you know, which departments in the casino win the most. And he just tweeted this out, and the information's current through 2022, so I thought it was worth sort of uh, talking about. UNLV kind of keeps these statistics. And the first kind of chart you're going to see, they're going to break it down by you know department, gaming, rooms, food, beverage, and other. As you would expect, gaming is number one, but not by much. And you can kind of see the numbers from 2019 to 2022 with the pandemic in the middle. It's fascinating to see how those numbers shifted over the last four years. Yeah, I mean, gambling, and we've talked about this over the last year so gambling in 2021 was insane you know the levels that people were gambling and less people were coming but they were spending more on gambling so it's interesting to see that you know level out a bit i'm kind of shocked that beverage is so low you know with 30 dollar drinks and, and 20 dollar drinks and i wonder if that you know are they taking some of the costs of the free drinks at casinos out of that number or is that you know a part of casino gaming you know how do they they regulate that or, or put that into this chart. But I thought beverages would be a much bigger portion because everywhere you go, you see somebody walking around with a drink. The other thing I thought was interesting is other, which I assume is shopping type of stuff. I, you know, I'm surprised where that's at, but I don't know what that catch all really is. I just feel like the shopping malls, all these casinos add, do they really actually bring in something? Is it just a waste of money? You know, do you feel like a lot of people go shopping at the the casinos when they're walking around. They must because these stores stay open. You know, it's funny. Every time I go to Macau, they have these really high-end malls in every casino, kind of similar to here, but the same stores are in every mall. They duplicate the stores where you don't see that as much here. And I just wonder how many of those locations, like there's like seven or eight Michael Kors on the Kotai Strip in Macau. And I just don't know how Michael Kors could have that many stores and sell that many purses. But they must because uh, these places have been open and doing it for a long time. And it's important to note that most of the malls in Las Vegas 
guys on the strip are not owned by the casinos. Forum Shop's owned by a different company. Crystal's owned by a different company from City Center. So it's interesting that they kind of developed all this shopping, but then sold it off to other people. I do think it. I do think people do take advantage of it, though. I guess they're trying to hope like you have a big win, and then you're like, hey, where can I go below this? Oh, right next door. Every time I walk by them, there's like three sales associates in there and no people. So I don't know if they just hit like one big person comes in, spends all their money. You know, maybe you need to put a, their name up on a billboard and then they come in and spend 200 grand on, co- on purses. I don't know. I don't know how it works, but it's fascinating. You're just going to make you one know. sale a month at those, at those prices. <laughs> yeah. Now, the other chart that we have here is sort of breaking down gaming revenue by department. And what is not a surprise is that slots is number one, is the king, and uh, pit gaming coming next. But what's interesting is look down at race and sportsbook. Uh, Racebook, almost nothing. Sportsbook, almost nothing. Just a reminder that those aren't huge profit drivers for the casinos. It's usually just a little percentage off the top of the losers. So you don't you know, it's never been a big thing for the casinos to make a lot of money. I think that's why they try to, anybody that's pretty good at sports betting, they try to, you know, walk them or, or you know, push them off uh, versus other stuff. They'll let you play like big slot players. Hey, come on in. You know, we'll let you go as as hard as you want. So, and then if there's a big sporting event, like during the summer, you can bet 10 bucks on a baseball game and they'll give you like two free drink tickets. But during March, March Madness, you'll spend 500 bucks on a bet and they'll give you maybe one. You have to ask for it. So Lee Canyon, that is the area up in Mount Charleston. That's the ski resort in Las Vegas and if you didn't know Las Vegas does sort of have a ski resort it's an hour from the strip and you know it's gotten better over the years the owners of Brian Head in Utah bought it a couple years ago they've been spending a ton of money and they announced a new uh, quad chairlift they're adding more runs up there and this year they had snow all the way up until May. It's good to see things improving. I got to get back up there because I haven't done it since they've added all this stuff. But the new owners pouring a lot of money up into Lee Canyon. So check it out. And this time of year, so nice to escape the heat. And a lot of the runs are open during the summer just for, you know, viewing and summer activities as well. Now, did you ever ski when you were younger or anything? I was always... <laughs> I would kill myself. <laughs> I was I skied younger. I was never very good. I could get down the hill. You know, I looked like a mess getting down. But the big thing was getting off the chairlift. Like every time the chairlift comes up and you have to hop off, you're just thinking to yourself, please don't fall. Please don't fall. Because if you wipe out right in front of the chairlift, they got to stop it. And then everybody's just watching you like gather yourself and stand up. And if your skis pop off, it's even worse. <laughs> so I can't even I can... imagine like a four person. <laughs> No, I'm just too clumsy, but I do want to go to a ski resort. Like I thought about going up to, you know, Park City or something in the winter and just kind of staying there and maybe going on a bunny hill or something. But it's never been something that's drawn me in. But Lee Canyon, check it out on your next trip and tons of new investment there, which is really nice to see. And something I, you know, looked when we were talking about this before the show, I, you know, I went to look at the lodge, what the development of that has been like. And they wanted, they proposed a, like a 14 hotel, 14 room hotel attached to the, the lodge where you could go up there and dine and stuff. It looks beautiful. The city residents seemed, or the, the locals seemed upset about that. They didn't want any more traffic on the road because I guess the road up there isn't the greatest, but I wouldn't think 14 rooms would add that much traffic. So I was a little bit surprised, but that would be really cool if they do open that hotel there uh, to like a little getaway and just take in nature, have a nice meal up there. I definitely want to check that out whenever they get it up and running again. Yeah, the lodge burned down, what, a year? to go it's historic it's a little further down the mountain than lee canyon it's uh, beautiful the, the rendering that they released of the new hotel that they want to build looks great like you said they're fighting back against it i think a lot of areas in southern nevada that sort of draw locals are under a lot of pressure now with a much bigger local population 
everybody's going there. You know, the road's the same as it's been for the last however 40, 50, 60, whenever they built it, yet you have two or three times the people that you had here 10 years ago and everybody's hot, everybody wants to go up there. So traffic is a huge issue and then safety in the winter because it snows a lot up there. Vegas drivers not known for knowing how to drive in the snow, not known for having chains. So, you know, uh, you can imagine. Yeah, I could. I wouldn't want to be up there in the winter if it snows. Oh, with people that don't drive in snow, it's 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 quite the sight to be seen for sure. Like, whenever it snows in Texas, the whole state shuts down because nobody knows what to do. So uh, street food vendors, we've talked about this, right? That the, the meat vendors are coming, water vendors are, are here, uh, people selling like light up balloons and stuff in front of Bellagio and the fortune teller. I saw the fortune teller in front of Bellagio last night. I even saw somebody selling those light up wands and balloons on Bellagio property right near the front entrance into Bellagio, not out on the street, but like deep into Bellagio property. Nobody's doing anything about this. SB 92 is the new law that was signed in uh, allowing for street vendors. It does say that there are no street vendors allowed on the strip basically, but they haven't put all the provisions around that uh, in place yet. By October, I guess they're supposed to do it. So nobody's cracking down on these. There was a crazy video of a police officer cracking down on a vendor down by the Los Vegas sign. They got in a kind of a confrontation and the vendor pushed the police officer down. There will be a way for street vendors to get licensing, not on the strip, not yet. It's it's crazy. And in the meantime, it's the wild, wild west. Get your fortune read on the strip and do it when the fountain show is going on. That's like a bonus. Yeah. I mean, whoever, you know, figured this out and said, hey, they're not going to do it. Let's go. And it's like a mad blitz now. It started with just a couple here and there. And now everybody's out there trying to get what they can get while they can get it. But it's just bad. Like the strip. And I know the law is supposed to keep them off the strip the strip's already too tight you know we've talked about in front of certain hotels and casinos like in front of flamingo and in front of casino royale like there's not not any room there if you throw a vendor in there it's just going to make it more dangerous and, and tougher to get around so hopefully they figure something out because you know, nobody wants to walk by. They already had a problem walking by with the people handing out the flyers. You don't want to walk by and have all these vendors everywhere hawking stuff at you and just being a nuisance overall, really. Yeah, and it's busy in Las Vegas. It was very busy last night, so you can't even walk through. And I mean, that fortune teller lady, I will tell you, I got to give her credit. I got to give her credit. Setting up the table, the ring light, the whole, the signs. She even has somebody working with her to go like recruit people. She's sitting there. I, I think it's, I think it's spectacular. I think it's all Las Vegas on a sidewalk. She's probably not going to be there long. Eventually somebody's going to shut her down, but you know, enjoy her while you, you should have got it and done. Like I said, for, for I should have, I should have, <laughs> I should have. Yeah. She's just right there. It's just like mind blowing. You would think that they allowed her to do that, but there's no way Bellagio is allowing her to do that. Yeah. We'll see this. We'll follow this story. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. And we have a follow-up in that Resorts World win crazy story with the screen. First off, national media picked it up, which was an interesting sort of thing, bringing, you know, the whole nightclub scene in Las Vegas to light. And, you know, the $200,000 was a big thing. The fact that the screens and everything on there. But basically, Resorts World did suspend their manager who approved the message. And the higher-ups, the very highest people up in Resorts World said they didn't have an idea on it. And they're really trying to change their policies, I guess, around what goes on the screen. It seems like employees in the night nightclub in the Zook nightclub had the ability to just put stuff up on the screen because it was part of the table package and there really wasn't any super high level management approval of that and nobody put one in one together and here we are resorts world looking terrible yeah you think after the first night like okay i understand the first one getting by because you don't have that set up in place you never expected something like this to happen but that's crazy that it's a part of the package that if you spend so much money you can make a message on the sign but you know that first one goes out it gets pretty widely covered everybody knows about it you think that that would have been the time they step in and say hey 
no more of this. And then it goes on again, you know, so they obviously don't have the proper management in place to to step in and and take care of that. So anybody up the food chain should have gotten in trouble as well that had any say in, in stopping that because it just is a bad look all around. Yeah. And they say, you know, this was a mistake and the messaging display does not reflect Resorts World Las Vegas's values. And we regret that our LED screen was misused in this manner. Our leadership is handling this internally to ensure the assets displayed on the LED screens are in full alignment with the brand and our values. So good idea to do that going forward. Sorry, it didn't happen uh, before. The, but the uh, big question is, can see- we still, can we get like, can we get M- MTM Vegas up there if we go spend a ton of money? <laughs> yeah, just uh, 200K. So uh, we'll, we'll start a GoFundMe yeah. just so we can, uh, just so we can do that. <laughs> there we go. And finally, uh, Penn National in the big news this week with uh, ESPN. They're creating this new ESPN sportsbook brand. Now, what's weird is Penn National has the Barstool sports books in their properties. I think you have one there in the Greektown Casino in Detroit. They have, I think, 12 different uh, of those sportsbooks. They own 50% of Barstool, or they did own 50% of Barstool that they paid over $500 million for. But in this deal with ESPN... Penn is giving back Barstool Sports to Dave Portnoy, the founder and the owner of the rest of it. So he's just getting back all of the company. He does have to give them 50% if he sells it down the line. But they're just walking away saying, goodbye, Barstool, hello, ESPN. They must think the ESPN name can bring them a lot here. Uh, That's an interesting move. And Dave Portnoy is the big winner here. He got all the company back and he gets to keep the money. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen this before. This is just bizarre. And it's not like ESPN. It's not ESPN of 20 years ago where it was beloved. It's like one of the most hated sports names out there now. Like nobody I know that likes sports likes ESPN and they're just they're firing people right and left they're trying to pull out of TV deals because they're losing money hand over fist on all these contracts they sign so I don't know what they think is going to happen here this is just a weird uh, change you know but it should the one good thing out of this is it should open up a new bonus opportunity for anybody you know when they rebrand it and they open up a new app at least there'll be a new sign up bonus and that's a good way that's the only way that you're guaranteed to win really if you play those signing bonuses right and, and work around them whether it be a casino based one like in michigan or just sportsbook uh, with the free bet and stuff so definitely take advantage of that if that is the case whenever it's uh, up and running but I'm shocked that they are, they're walking away from Barstool, which I think is kind of in the same realm as ESPN. Like, why would you give up half a billion dollars that you just spent? It is strange, and who knows what the long-term strategy is here. But ESPN must have been, like, sitting on their hands as they watched people like Barstool and DraftKings and these companies get into the sports, you know, marketplace as the whole landscape of all that changed. And then, obviously, we saw the likes of, you know, Wynn and MGM and Caesars and even things like Circa trying to build these brands around sports betting and I guess this is just the future and Disney maybe was a little bit behind and now they're trying to to push it out. Disney wanting big news this week because of their earnings and and everything else. So ESPN bet coming. I'm assuming it'll be at the M Resort here, which is Penn's uh, only casino currently in Las Vegas, but all of their other ones. And to your point, I think the Barstool sort of theming of the sports books, especially the way that they did the Barstool sports books, all you have to do is just slap on ESPN and you don't have to really do much. Yeah. It'll all still work. A little bit of code in the back end, I would imagine, and, and updating some images, but it should be pretty easy switch, but I just can't... I can't believe they're just walking away from that money and be like, here you go. But if you sell it, you know, give us our cut. But other than that, you go do whatever you want with it. And he said he'll never sell it. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't blame him for, uh, for that at this point.
Thank you for listening to the MTM Vegas podcast. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube where we release the show twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. And all of our Vegas content can be found at mtmvegas.com. That's posts, podcasts, videos. See you there. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you next time.